It looks like spooky season is among us. And I hate to break it to you. Like you thought that you had it covered with your Bath and Body Works scented candles and your little pumpkin spice lattes. I've got news for you, okay? It's about to get real spooky, the real deal. Like they thought, they they actually thought, okay? Because I'm with someone so cool today and I'm really excited to talk to her. I am with Rachel Bolofsky. Rachel is the founder, okay, of not only the largest, but the longest running horror film festival in the U.S., Scream Fest. It's going to be mid-October at the iconic Chinese theater. And this film festival has discovered films. You may have heard of them, little films like The Human Centipede. How could we forget and paranormal activity. So needless to say, this shit is super impressive and I can't wait to talk to her all about it today. Rachel, thank you for joining us. I'm so stoked. Thanks for having me, it's awesome. Absolutely. So it goes without saying that this is number one, it's women run. I love that you founded this over 20 years ago. It's a nonprofit. So women love horror too, right, Rachel? I feel like it's the cliche. It's like the dude dragging the girlfriend of Blair Witch and she's like watching through her fingers, right? Like, no, but women are into horror too. Women are into horror, absolutely. Even from our very first year, you know, we had lots of, you know, female attendees that were not coming with abortions that are just you know loving horror films and yeah so i felt like we as women for the longest time we seem to be overlooked and we're like like horror films we love hellraiser we love all the same things so what's what's the deal it's kind of funny because we all know that we are in such a divisive time but oddly mm -hmm. enough it's like horror brings people together something about it right it's like any walk of life men women doesn't matter right like something about that experience and i'm sure that you see that and i'm sure you're looking definitely looking forward to seeing that being in person this year definitely well we were in person last year and the, the were, okay. um, during covid and we did not want to go online and we absolutely were not going to cancel so we converted to a drive-in and we did the drive-in for 10 days in in la because uh, it was important for filmmakers to be able to to experience their movie on the big screen. That's why they put blood, wet, and tears into it, right? And then last year we were back in the theater. You know, this year. Well, it's it. I mean, I feel like you. I mean, you're a producer yourself. Given that you've done this for over twenty years, you definitely, I feel like, are a horror sci-fi genre aficionado. Like you definitely know the ins and outs. Oh, she's like, I don't know about that, but. But I wanted to ask you, Rachel, because funny enough, I've had a few actresses on my show over the summer who mm -hmm. were in kind of like Jaws-esque movies. And we talked about tropes in horror films, you know, like in a Jaws, right? It's like the hot naked girl getting eaten by, you know, wrestling the right. shark and getting eaten by the shark. So given that you've done this, what are some kind of like tried and true horror tropes that for better or worse that you just love? You're like, you know what? We can't quit them, but I don't care. They're here to stay. I don't know if I can choose just one. I'm like, there's so many, right? You know? Um, but, but I guess we tried, we tried, I guess like the jump stairs, right? I mean, sometimes they're fun, but I think we kind of move away from them, I guess. Um, there's so many. I don't know. There's so many. You got me on that one. My favorite trope. I don't know. <laughs> It's funny because you talk about how we, that's a question I was actually going to ask you. You talk about how we've sort of moved away from that. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you on the whole, after doing this for so long, what are some 
things that you found we have, like, even if it's like storylines or themes, like things that we've moved away from and also kind of trends that you see now and moving forward, like where you see the genre going as a whole. We've seen more female directors this year, which is amazing. Um, some of the feature films have actually have um, the characters are not your typical 20 um, something year olds. And we have some of those films too, but there are a few films that are actually the cast are like older characters and they're the main characters. And that's like something like Eight Found Dead, where you just, people end up in an Airbnb, but it's being rented by an elderly couple that you think are just kooky and you find out that they're not. So it's kind of it's kind of cool to kind of see different characters, right? You're seeing like different age groups. It's not the same, you know, four friends get in the car and go, you know, hate each other and they go on vacation together. What? Like, cause that never happens. Right. So needless to say, Rachel, you won't be revisiting I Know What You Did Last Summer or Scream. <laughs> right. I, love, I love Scream. Yeah, yeah. Iconic, right? Iconic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Scream 6. Oh, sorry? I'm looking forward to Scream 6. They're doing a Scream 6? Yeah. They're just right. Oh, is that the one with, and, and they're back, right? Like Courtney Cox and they all, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Nev, Nev, there's no Nev in that. Okay. You know, it's funny because I saw on the Scream Fest Instagram, you guys posted about the Hocus Pocus 2 mm -hmm. reboot. And it got me thinking, right? Like even with Scream 6, it's like, where's the line of breathing fresh life into something? Like where's the line of just letting the iconic legendary pieces be where they are and breathing life into them versus, or like trying to emulate exactly what they did. Cause that's a little bit, I think audiences are like, you know, it could be fun and like kitschy to revisit it, but it's also like, let's see something new. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like, I feel like there's a fine line though, because then you have like, where it's just enough inspiration and it's new, like a Westworld, right. Or even like black mirror, which I feel is very almost like reminiscent of like the twilight zone. So how do you see it? Like, what is the line of it's like, all right, like maybe just let it be where it was in its legendary place and, you know, bringing some spark in, or are you just here for it all, all together? Um, I think on, the, on the screen, on the screen series, I'm, I'm down for the ride. On on the remake so much, um, I'm more of a purist. I, I don't need to see Halloween 100 or whatever it is now or whatever iteration it is. I mean, the classic is the classic, right? And all the other ones. So mm -hmm. I, I I, would love to see studios give um, filmmakers in, in general, like new stuff, right? Let's have, take take the chance. I'm so tired of having to, you know, Hellraiser or whatever it is. And you're having to like, put the, you know, describe it. Oh, it's no, not this one. It's the remake or the one from the Rob Zombie one or whatever. So I think for me, I'm, I'm all about, then let it let it stay let the original stand where they are and like let's see some new stuff I totally agree with you and it's interesting what you said before too about how it's like we're seeing different faces on screen with these stories maybe people who are older maybe people who are different and and that whole thing and it's funny because I talked to the women who I interviewed like I said over the summer about their horror movies about again the idea of like is it just something innately human and seeing like super hot people against an insurmountable force of nature. You know what I mean? Like, is it something where it's like, what is the deal? Like, we just can't get enough 
But right. at the same time, the stories you're talking about, you know, break through as well. They do. They do. And I think they, I, I would like to see, like I said, I'd like to see them take more chances on that. I mean, for sure, you know, it's not a bad thing to, you know, go to the horror movies and watch some hot guy on screen. I'm down. Definitely down, you know. I mean, but you kind of know they're all just going to be fodder, you know, for, for the kill. So sometimes that's kind of fun, too. Um, but yeah, I, I do really love when there's different stories or something completely different. And you're like, oh, this is this is completely different than the, the same formulaic thing. So like, let's say perhaps human centipede, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, that was who great. could forget? <laughs> I still remember when we watched that film, you know, when it was, it was just came through as a submission. And I remember, you know, we're all sitting around having wine, watching, you know, another film and and then you get to the 45 minute mark and that's when I think when they're all basically going to get, or they do get converted. And we're like, we're looking like, where do we, where do we go from here? And you would have no idea where you're going to go from there. And oh my God. Right. And then we're afterwards, we're like, I think I need to go home and shower. <laughs> but it was completely different. Right. I was going to ask you that Rachel, because you guys have had breakout films that have been discovered at your festival like human centipede like paranormal activity so what is it for you being immersed in it seeing like beyond like perhaps shock value right like a human centipede is there an it factor for you when you're watching these and you're like this is gonna be it this is what sets it apart um i think we, i think we could say this is different and like audiences are gonna definitely be talking about it which is what you want right mm -hmm. um i don't know that I, I, for a paranormal activity, like, I knew it would be successful. I mean, not to the, not to the extremes. Like, I did, did I know it was going to be another Blair Witch Beyond? No, I did not. Um, but I thought, oh, this will sell. He's definitely going to, you know, he's definitely going to, this is, he's going to do well with this. Never, never, and not at the level, but I did not, God bless him. No, I did not see that for Orin. And I'm very excited. He's a very, very nice guy. So it's very exciting to see, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> It's and it's so funny too. Sometimes such a like Blair Witch, it seems so simplified and yet again so iconic, right? Like such a simple sort of idea and premise. And you know, I almost feel like I wish we got back to that a little bit. I feel I talk about this on my show all the time, but everybody and it's beyond horror genre. Like it's with performances and award shows and people's own Instagrams. Like everybody is just trying to outdo everyone. It's so about like shamelessness and shock value and who could do more smoke and mirrors and be more extra, whatever. And sometimes it's like the simple yeah. route just kind of cuts to the core in some ways, right? Yeah, then you, then you see, yeah, sometimes it's just more enjoyable. You're like, yes, you know, you're not trying to like piece it together or you're not, yeah, you're not trying to be something and trying to be- yeah doing and you're right yeah just just as simple something that i love and you touched on this about your festivals really highlighting independent filmmakers which hits you know strikes a chord with me because i'm an independent creative journalist and you know podcaster right so it holds a special place in my heart it's very entrepreneurial in a way mm -hmm. and obviously you know my show cancel me baby i really make fun of you know how how uptight Hollywood has become with trying to meet certain quotas and checklists and all this to get their movies made now. And that's why what, what's so exciting about your festival, it's like independent artists throwing caution to the wind and bringing their art to the masses. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the joy in 
seeing them do their thing. And because of that, like not having to meet a Hollywood checklist, how the films at your festival really differ from what we see perhaps in mainstream horror or sci-fi, right? Right. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely like uh, Matriarch. I don't, that's the Hulu film that we're opening with and I don't want to give anything away, but there, I mean, there's just some, it's completely different. I was like, wow, that was, um, <laughs> that was different. And I, I applaud that, you know, and there were definitely, um, again, older characters. I mean, there's a young character as well, but there are definitely older characters and these group things that happen. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was very, very trippy very trippy and uh so I, I like that i like and it's not something that you would see necessarily mainstream you know so i i really like i really enjoyed that mad heidi is another one that's actually that's one uh the swiss movie that they really commit to it's just it's just bananas but it's just so out there you're just like yes thank you 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 i mean by god you committed to that <laughs> because there's so much more creative freedom right and liberty to kind of just roll with it and do what they want to do or maybe I'm wrong I mean maybe you know I've been on movie sets I've been on big popcorn blockbuster movie sets so I know how rigid those can be so I can only assume with more indie you know independent style like this like I said there's there's more freedom there yeah I think they have I think a lot they they do have the the gift of being able to have more freedom and not have to answer to the suits or whatever and just Mm -hmm. kind of expressing their creativity and stuff and that's mm-hmm. what we, you know, we we try to champion that for sure because I think it's I think audiences want to see that too right that's why they come they want to see something completely different and I feel like after the hell of the two years that we've had people want we're not I don't think we're out of the woods as much as people like to act like we're I think even like mentally and socially and culture culturally right it's mm-hmm. oh, very much like the dust is still settling. And I feel like what you're bringing like experiences like this and yeah, even like the shock and the out of body, people want that escape. People Mm -hmm. want to kind of like just be out of their minds, I think right now, right? Like the world is heavy enough. So exactly. And I think, I think in our programming, we try to, the majority, I'm looking at the majority of them, I think we tried to be kind of, um, kind of light or just be completely, completely different. So you're, you're, you are going and having catharsisism and you know what I mean and having escapism you know from from the world you're like wow that was that was bananas you know what I mean yeah it's again it's that kind of unifying experience right and and also like being in a theater like the lost art of being in I'm sorry streaming it at home it's just not the same it's not the same Um, And speaking of independent filmmakers and legendary filmmakers, perhaps, which is cool. I saw that you guys have a film by Martin Scorsese's daughter. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. It's a a student film. So yay to her. It what kind of what is that? It's a student short. Oh, that's cool. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, Crimson, Crimson Tides, I believe it's called. Do you see elements of his work at all, or is it just totally like going rogue? Or I think I think she has her own style, which is great. That's great. I mean, she's young, so yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know you've been doing this for over 20 years, you know, in Hollywood, and I'm sure that you. I'm sure this isn't your first time um, having somebody a part of it who maybe was linked or tied or related to someone super huge. And I don't know how much you can speak to this, but often I wonder, cause I hear stories from them. You know, I've interviewed 
tons of people. And I hear stories from them often where they're like, listen, like, yes, there's nepotism, but when it comes to art and creating our path and making way in Hollywood, like we have to actually work twice as hard to get out of their shadow. Right. So I don't know if you can speak to that or if you you've experienced that at all with the people you've worked with. Um, Um, yeah, I I know over the years, um, and I'm probably going to blank on his name and I'm really sorry to him. (laughs) Uh, We had one of Mel, I can't for the life of me, the hunted. Um, it was Mel Gibson's son. Um, which the names and stuff in my head, but yeah, he was he was very much wanting to be. Um, he had the last name, but you know, Gibson's are obviously a popular name, right? Until you look at him, you can say, "Oh yeah, you're a Gibson." But you know, he didn't he didn't name drop. He didn't he never you know tried to do that in, in any way. I think we only stumbled across it when we were probably getting all the bios together or, or the pictures and stuff, and we're like, "Wait a minute! Oh my God!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, but I do think sometimes they are in the shadow. So it's not always, and like, we didn't take it because of that. You know, we're sure. going through screener links and we're watching them. You know what I mean? And sure. It's not until you scroll down, you're getting ready to hit, hit the email and you go, oh, where's Sensi? What are the odds? You go, oh, sure cool. is. Yeah. So, cool. yeah, we don't really like look to see who's submitted. It's on Film Freeway, right? You just kind of go through and hit the link and then watch the next one. And we like to do that. We like to not know. It, who directed it who's produced it who submitted it we just kind of go into it. it's better to go into them blind you know you know it's gonna be interesting to see what like I said I know you're like it's kind of hard to predict specific themes but given the mental torture that everybody has collectively been through in the last couple of years I'm really interested to see if you do notice a kind of common thread or themes or ideas that sort of percolate relating to that in these films, you know? That's a good question. Um, not, I mean, for us, not so much. There's, there's been, last year there was more. This year there's been less of the COVID type film. Sure. I do think we have one that we did program, but that trend is falling off. You know, because it seems okay. like it's everybody was home in 2020 and they made all these films and then submitted them in 2021. And, you know, for us, we we're kind of like, um, yeah, we're all living that right now. So people don't want to come to the movie to see that. <laughs> you want to do something different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And something else, because I get pitches all the time to interview for junkets and up and coming films. I feel like something I've seen, I don't know about you, is the political undertone, like, sat, you know, almost, you know, the horror spin on things i feel like i've noticed that a lot more um, yes i've, I've seen we've seen some of that too coming through and mm-hmm. submissions and like you know yeah could take it or leave it take it or leave it. i think people just want i just say well do you just want to have fun you just want to go to the movies and eat your popcorn and watch watch a film you know and i, I mean, don't think we preach to i, I don't a hundred percent and isn't the news enough like it's so funny I'm at the gym right and it's like you know you'll have CNN and Fox News back to back and that's like as sad as it is entertainment in and of itself right so it's like to your point let's escape it and just have a fun ride I I couldn't agree more um lastly I'm sure you get this all the time but I, I can't let the scream fest you know brains behind the operation herself go without asking what Uh-oh. is Rachel the most iconic horror film ever and why the most iconic ever ever ever, ever? or oh. your favorite like oh my favorite just, 
Oh, that's interesting because you're like the most iconic and my favorite may not be the same. Um, most iconic. Well, it has to be Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Freddy would be the most iconic, I guess. I mean, you know, and look what look what he look what he he's spawned, right? How many sequels, you know, how many lunchboxes, how many, right? I guess, right? I would I would say I would say that. I mean, if you're asking for what is the most iconic, I would say that over Halloween or whatever, right? You know, you you would see kids go to school with their like Ron Elm Street lunchbox, right? But you wouldn't necessarily see them coming there with their Friday with a Halloween or Friday the thirteenth lunchbox, right? Right? There was more, I guess, more, more um more products sold in that kind of thing. So I guess I guess for iconic, I would think that would be iconic. What's yours? What what do you think is the most iconic? Well, it's funny. That's what I was gonna say is that's the beauty of art and what you're doing because it's so subjective. Mm -hmm. Somebody could literally be like, you know, a scream type movie. Someone could be like, what about Hitchcock over here? Right. Like that's right. what, you know, if we're going back. Um so I don't know. I feel no. like in my, I mean, I'm a millennial, so I feel like maybe the screams for us, because I see how so many things emulate mm -hmm. that, you know, but, you know, but now it's branched off into all too the sci-fi. Like, I feel like the sci-fi has become really cool. Mm -hmm. So, but, but what's, but what's, so, the, so you think nightmare is the most iconic, but what is your Freddy Krueger, even someone who's not a horror fan. So no true. Right. So and true. You, like Halloween, uh, literally Halloween. The, the you know, Mike Myers. Yeah. Right. No. No. Halloween when you're like actually when you're opening the door. Oh, right. 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 You would see the Freddy Kruegers and that kind of thing. I think you would you would see more of them. So I guess, I guess that's what I'm saying is more iconic. But then, what Rachel would be your fit your favorite, just near and dear to your heart. Does it have to be iconic or does it have to be nope. one of my favorite horror just films? Just your, yep, the latter. You're just in your heart, just your favorite and why. I think there's two. I think for um, horror and like scary would be The Changeling. That's like so old school. And, you know, no, I wasn't watching that when I was a little kid. <laughs> That's the one with George C. Scott. But I, I've seen like, obviously as an adult, seen it. And it's it's pretty scary. Um, and then um, on the horror comedy, absolutely hands down, trick or treat, Michael Doherty. Nice. Yeah. And so Sam also, I would say, is iconic, but probably not as iconic as he's more niche than than a Freddy Krueger. Did you see Hereditary? I did see Hereditary. When it came out. I made literally neighbors I barely knew sleep in my bed with the lights on <laughs> for days I interviewed Tony Collette and I interviewed the man I can't remember his name who wrote and directed it oh. and Tony Collette was like I'm so sorry I'm I literally was like I am in psychotherapy for the until the end of time <laughs> so thank you like it's scary yep yep holy crap but see that's what I mean too almost about the simple it's right. like it just gets under your skin and haunts you for life so yeah so there there you have it so Rachel thank you so much um I can't wait to see how it goes for you guys this year and you know over what is it 20 21 22. years 22 oh, yep. and counting <laughs> so knock them dead and keep us all entertained and scared and so appreciate uh what you're doing thank you so much for having me absolutely horror it's here to stay it is yeah